singing will do while you're standing I'll invite you to turn to the book of Isaiah we're going to read Isaiah chapter 9 we'll also read another part there later but let's do Isaiah chapter 9 we'll read verses 6 and 7 I'm also going to ask you after that to turn to the book of Titus we'll just try and minimize the reading well it was a blessing just to have the specials we did this morning it's a blessing to do the baby dedication. It's a blessing to be together in the house of the Lord. And it's nice to actually have a Sunday where there's no stores that are open, where there's no coffee shops that are open. I, a guy who loves coffee, but it's actually nice just to come to the house of the Lord without all those things. Well, it's good, good to be here. Isaiah chapter 9, we're going to read verse 6. Verse six For unto us a child is born... Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called. Now just think about these titles. Is he wonderful to you? His name shall be called wonderful. It's not a burden. It's wonderful to be a Christian today. And he will also be a counselor. We can talk to him in the middle of this world He's also the mighty God. Of all the kingdoms on the earth, there is no king like this king. He's the king of all kings. He is the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God's going to have his way. In the book of Titus, we're going to read Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. And we'll start the reading in verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So the zeal of the Lord of hosts will bring forth the promised son. But there'll also be a people that will be the womb that will receive the son in his day. And they'll be zealous also of good works. So in verse 11 it says that the salvation 
hath appeared, past tense. But then it also says in verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. And I want to speak today on the glorious appearing of the promised son. God bless you. You may have your seats. I, um, things always going on, different things, and so I um, had a tablet with all my quotes, but I, I may not even refer to them because I left that tablet at home. So, um, I, I, fortunately, I have a program that allows it to pop up on my phone, so I'll refer to a few things, but I won't use it the way it is. So, I want you to think for a moment about what it was like and right now, it's, it, we're, we're thinking of Christmas, and we're thinking of the season of Christmas, and I was just at, at the tail end last night just watching a little video from The Chosen, and it was about the time of Jesus and his birth, but it was the year, let's call it 33 B.C., or after, I don't know at what point they started, stopped calling it B.C. And, and A.D., and after the death of Christ was when they started, but let's just look at it this way in just a general time frame. So from the year 4,000 before Christ to the year 2000, here man had been on earth now 2,000 years, and man had fallen from the Garden of Eden, and time had set in, and it was 2,000 years to the time of the flood. And, and then from the time of the flood until the time of Christ was another 2,000 years, and it was, it seemed like many, many years had transpired. There was, the Old Testament was written in the form of scrolls. They had the law of Moses. They had all the prophets and all the words, and it was, you know, in Judea, and it seemed like things had gone on many, many years and Israel was under the order of the Roman government, and the Roman government, which really was the um, continuation of the Gentile kingdom that started under Daniel's vision, which started in Babylon, and then it went down to Persia, it went down to the Greeks, it went down to Rome, and these kingdoms were prophesied that they would be here until the time of the end. And we've been touching on that in the last few weeks. And to the time of the end, that's the time right now. But it was the fourth kingdom that was in power at this time. And all the years that they were now under Roman rule and, and, and the oppression of Rome, and it had been, you know, it had been actually 400 years since the last prophet had spoken. And that was Malachi. And it, 400 years of silence, there had, there had not been anything happen. And it seemed like things had settled into a routine. They had the law. They had the prophets. They had the scrolls. They had religious leaders. They were under the oppression of Rome. They were under taxes. They were not, the, all the promises that were there did not seem to be in, in the forefront. And yet they were looking for their Messiah. And while they were looking for their Messiah, the religious leaders had settled into it. And because of the, the conditions thereabouts or roundabout under Rome, there was likely much griping about taxes. 
Things don't change. And, and so there was griping about taxes. They, you know, I don't know if there, what other controls and measures that were there, but they were under the oppression of Rome, and there was a lot of grumbling, shall we say. And so the religious leaders had picked up on that, and, 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 and maybe no doubt because of all of that, they started to project something that the people could begin to have some hope. And they said, well, when the Messiah comes, he's going to lead us out from Rome. He's going to be a mighty general. He's going to lead us out. He's going to take out all of this oppression that we're under. And, 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 and that began to be what was projected forward. So they were looking for a general. They were looking for someone that would save them. And I say things have not changed today. The world is looking for a Messiah. The world is looking for someone that will deliver them from the oppression that they're under. It doesn't matter what nation we're under. It doesn't matter under which conditions we're under. But the world is looking for a Messiah. And, 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 and you could say that, that the, 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 the political world is looking for a Messiah to deliver them from the economic hardship that is coming to every country and every nation. And I'll just say it this way, friends. The, 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 the Band-Aid solutions this last week, the, the Israel, or the, uh, rather the, the United States issued a $1.7 trillion Band-Aid package to keep the United States government going into the new year. Part of that is all of their, their, their campaign to help out Ukraine. And, and you know, it's really between, it's, Ukraine's in the middle, but it's between Russia and the USA. But, but all of these things, they're coming to a point, friends, where I, I'm going to say it this way. It's like a freight train that's going downhill with no brakes on. You can't stop where they're going. They're looking for a Messiah. And they're going to receive a Messiah. And, and they're, they're, they, it won't be the World Economic Bank. It won't be this. But it's actually going to be Rome that is going to bring their Messiah. And there's somebody who's going to step in. And they're going to be in a position where they're forced to take this Superman. Now, we, we talk in natural terms, but in, in, in realistic terms, right now what's happening is the coming together of three different powers. It's demon powers, it's political powers, and it's religious powers. And they're all merging together. And it's going to come against the bride. It's going to come against the people that are on the earth again. But we are not promised salvation from them. We are promised a deliverance by a rapture. And that's what we're living for. That's what we're looking for. Now there are people that are under expectation like it was back then. They were under an expectation for a, 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 a general or someone like that. Much of Christendom, the church world, is looking, well, we're going to have to go through a tribulation, but after the tribulation, God's going to come and help us. But I'll say this, we're listening to a different sound. We're not looking for a tribulation today. We're not looking to go that way. We're not storing up cans. We're not doing those things. We are not even, we don't even have a plan B. All we've got is plan A, and plan A is the rapture. And that's all that we are here for. We're not looking for anything else. So, so as it was in that time, they were looking for this. And while they were looking for this, they, this expectation was upon the people. But all along, there was scriptures 
that were laying there. And these scriptures, Isaiah chapter 9, about the zeal of the Lord of hosts, Micah chapter 5, and, and out of Hosea chapter 11, these scriptures were laying there. It seemed like, you know, a minor prophet here, a word there, a word there, but God was watching over his word. God was looking over his word, and he began to began to act upon that word. So I want to go back. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. We'll use a few of these scriptures. Genesis chapter 3. <clears throat> now this is in the Garden of Eden from the fall. We'll just, we'll just go directly to, you know, God is addressing um, Adam who, and, and Eve, and he's telling them. So he first starts by addressing the serpent in verse 14. So he addresses his enemy, or he addresses the tool that, that the devil used, the serpent being an upright being, an animal, had a place for a soul, but didn't have a soul. And, and, and yet here God's addressing him, and the Lord said unto the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle upon every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. Now it was the woman that had the fall, but he says, I'll put enmity between thee and the woman. In other words, I'll, I'll make a division between you two and between thy seed and her seed. And he says, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, this was a prophecy right from the very beginning. And now let's look at how the prophecy was written. It doesn't say, I'm going to send Jesus my son. It didn't say it that way, but it said, I am going to send the seed of the woman. So it's identifying that the woman, there would have to be a womb to contain a seed, and the seed was going to combat what the devil had injected into the human race. So the promise now, if you can just take it this way, was not just a son, but it was a womb also. And so that was always God's promise. Now, I'm going to pick up something. Brother Branham would speak in, in the message, and he's, he's talking actually in the message, Joseph and his brethren, and he starts talking a little bit about Christmas, and he says, now... Christmas did not actually happen in December. It's cold in, 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 in there, he says. But shepherds were not up on the hill. It, it's cold. And he says, but now he's just coming down to, uh, and he breaks into this thought, and he says, now notice, as God seen the seed of the woman and how they misconstrued there and righteousness had been perverted, God gave a promise that through that woman would through the woman would come a blessed seed. So now he's he's talking about Christmas but he's going all the way back to Genesis and he says do you get that there would be a seed. I'm gonna, I'm going to take this just this approach just for a little bit if I can this morning because it was a seed that God put into a vessel. It, it was a seed that had everything that the rest of the human race would need. And he would put it into a woman, not, not by her doing or a man's doing, but the sovereignty of God. This morning, friends, we're not relying on our, 
our righteousness or anything. We're relying on only the grace of God and the goodness of God that he has sent to us. It's, it's nothing good in any of us. And, and, uh, but now, now listen to this. this was, I, I've always thought of this. So Brother Branham in this, he's talking. He's talking about what happened in Genesis. There'll be a seed of a woman. And Brother Branham now talks about what was happening in another dimension. And just as soon as Satan heard that. Now think about it. In another dimension, the devil heard that there was going to come a seed of a woman that was going to bruise his head. And he would bruise its heel, her heel. Now this he says, now, standing present, as soon as he heard it, he took to destroy that seed. And he tried to do it in Joseph. He's tried to do it through all the ages. He is still against that blessed seed. Now, Brother Bannon would say, now think about this for a moment. Our bodies were laying... You know, sometimes you listen to Brother Branham and he makes a point and it seems like he goes and he wanders off into some other thing, but then he, he circles back and he, he, drops, he drops a little something and so now he's talking about how our bodies were laying in the earth. He's talking about how the earth in itself had all the dust and all the things for our bodies. It also had the body in the earth then that Jesus, the vessel, would step into. That the life of God would come into. Think about that. So now, think about this. He's talking about us. He's saying, now, this mastermind who made us with hands and arms, not to destroy us, but that we might live forever. Sin does the destroying. We have no idea of ever being here. What made us? What brought these things together? And he says, we don't understand all of these things, how the atoms come forth. But he says, now listen, listen to this. He would go on and say, now think about these seeds. And he says, you know what? I, I, I probably don't have the one I wanted. But he says, so God starts in, in, in a, in, he works his way up to things. He starts, he doesn't do it all in one shot, but he begins to portray it. So I, just, now just think about this for a minute, and I, I'm trying to put, I'm talking about the appearing of the promised son, but I want you to look at it from the level that God is seeing at it, because right from Genesis, he's talking a certain way. So in the back part of the mind of God, he's already projecting forward how he's going to bring forth this seed, and he's going to do all of these things. But I want you to think just for a moment about the different women in the Bible that had a womb, and that they had a promise of life there, but the life didn't come right away. And I would look to somebody like, like Hannah in the Bible. Hannah, who was loved of her husband, and it was the, in the first book of Samuel, and, and, there, and, and, and her husband had two wives, and he loved Hannah, and he showered her with gifts. But, but the other one had the children that were being born. And it was so grievous to Hannah, but, but God allowed all of that. He held back. He, he allowed things to linger, brought her to such a place. And, and I want you to think about how long God had lingered to bring forth Jesus Christ. How long God has lingered to bring forth the promise in this day. It's, it's almost like from, from 1963, 1965, like we're, we're, we're coming on, you know, more than 50 years. 
And, and, and think about it. It seems like it doesn't seem like it's closer, but yet God never forgets his word. And, and, and it was now Hannah, and she was coming, and out of that desire came forth a groaning that said, if you'll give me a son, a son, I will give him to you. And that's exactly what God wanted to do. He wanted to bring forth a Samuel, which was a representation of himself. The son of man ministry always comes in human flesh. So here he wanted to do that, but it, look at what it had to do to a womb. So the womb had to be a certain way, and, and so Hannah would do that. I think it was latter years uh, in Abraham's seed, but it was, it was Jacob who had Leah, and, and out of Leah he had the first four sons, which was, which was Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Judah, and then it was... Um, the concubines that had women, but Jacob always loved Rachel. And that was what he went into it forth. And the Bible would say, finally, God remembered Rachel. And God remembers his promise. So it's God, when God remembers, it's not like he forgot and suddenly remembered. No, but at a certain time, at a certain season, God recalls his thought that he always had. And so if he ever had a thought of you, it was the best thought that we could ever have. And he won't take it back. So the thought that God had, he recalls it in the right season. So now I want to just take this for a moment. In Genesis chapter 12, and this will touch in a little bit where Brother Andrew spoke on, 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 uh, on, on uh, Wednesday. And, and it was, <coughs> let's see if I can find where I had this now. But it was in Genesis 12 that the Bible would say, and the Lord appeared to Abraham. Now if you take the word appear, it means to perceive, to look at. So in other words, God made himself known. Now you find this, this is the Hebrew word, and it's all through the old, old Testament, where the Lord appeared. And the Lord appeared unto Jacob as he was at Bethel. The Lord appeared unto Moses out of a bush in a fire. So the Lord appeared, that was to perceive, to have a vision, to look at. And, and on the other part, it was God wanting to make himself known but it also had to be that Moses, who had come to that bush, would have to stop and wait a little bit. And this is what the devil tries to do, because in, in, in the New Testament it talks about to all those that love his appearing. He has shown us. So there's an appearing that, that he wants to make known, but you have to be interested in it. I think it was in... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the message was, but, and again, I don't have all my quotations, but Brother Brandon would talk about it. He says, that's the reason he doesn't appear to much of us, because we're not interested. We don't talk about him. We don't think about him. But when we think about him, when we talk about him, when we speak about him, then he himself draws nigh. It was two of them on, on the road to Emmaus. They began to talk about him, and he appeared to them. 
Friends, he's desiring to appear to us. And the devil that knows that if he appears to you, that's a step to him making himself known to you. So there's an appearing of God. There's an appearing that is, is all through the Old Testament. And you can look at it. It's God. And, 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 and the attitude that we have to do, it says, says, to have regard to, to observe, to, to, be, to be looking, to give attention to, to present oneself. You know, I, 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 I would say, if, if God would allow us, I, I, I'm sure... And it's by the grace of God we'll make it. But if we would look back at all the times God wanted to do something to us. And how often, listen, how often do you, I, I, I'm, I, I often use a device, we all use a device, but I'll go to, to a device to make, to just, uh, I gotta find that quote. And as I go to the quote, oh, a notice button pops out. And I check, oh, there's a new email. Oh, there, there's a WhatsApp text. There, oh, there's this. And then, and then I put my phone down. Oh, yeah. I was looking, for, and sometimes I even forget. Do you, do everything that's constructed in the world is designed to take you away from God making himself real to you. Listen, it was Mary who was there. The promise of a virgin would conceive. That had been there. It was a word. And as the prophet would say, it would circle the earth for 800 years. And, and many had desired to fit into that and say, well, I'll be that virgin. I'll be this and this. But it was one gal that it was represented to. A 16-year-old girl. Who, and, and if you listen to, I think it's one of the messages Brother Adam talks about Mary. And, and he would talk how she would sit there and she'd meditate on those scriptures. And as she thought on those scriptures and she wondered how could it be and, and how would this happen? Well, that was the type of womb that God could appear to. And the bride is a type of Mary. Friends, we, we sit, we come to church, we hear messages, we play them. Sometimes it's background noise. But we need to stop once in a while and say, Lord, speak to me intimately. Let me and you connect. That doesn't happen. I'll tell you what, I, 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 as much as I can come up here and minister and as I can do things, I still need personal time with God myself. We all do. And it goes beyond just, 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 yeah, I've heard that, I heard that, I heard that, I heard that. But it, it's, it's something greater. So there's an appearing. You, you could take different places in the Bible. <coughs> in Matthew chapter 2 in the, in the New Testament, it would talk about an appearing that, that the star appeared to the wise men. That, that word appearing there means to to shine, to be seen, to bring into light, to meet with the eyes, to become clear or manifest. And if you ever listen to how Brother Branham brings the story or the account of those wise men, they were looking for him. They, it was written in the heavens. It was written in the stars. And when they saw this star appear, they were ready. They were ready to act on it. Oh, if we could be the same way. He says, who is a wise man today? In, 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 in Matthew 17, 
Verse 3, this is when Moses and, and Elijah appeared at Mount Transfiguration. That word there means that, that they appearing. They appeared, it says. That means, in, and there's different words in the New Testament, but it says to look at, to behold, to appear, to allow oneself to be seen. Listen, God was projecting himself. Now he, he was showing them. He was allowing them to be seen. They were there in another dimension. But he's now projecting them to, to, to Jesus and his chosen three disciples. But, but he was allowing that to happen, to bring forth a further manifestation. Matthew 27, 53, this was at the resurrection, and they appeared to many. So that appearing there is to manifest, to bring into view, to disclose. Friends, there's an appearing of God that's happened in this last day. There's an appearing. And it actually would, it would go into, you can go into Luke chapter 17, verse 30, and it would talk about as it was in the days of Noah, but there would be a revealing of the Son of Man. So it's not just an appearing, but it's a revealing. It's, it's something that's being made known. It's something God was desiring to do. The zeal of the Lord of hosts would do this. As much as Israel at that time and in that season, as much as Israel was looking for a general, God says, that's not what you need. He says, under super sign, they were looking for it. Just now think about it. Jehovah lying in a manger. As I watched sometimes a, you know, a little clip, a little movie or something, or, and, and as I was watching the, the one that was on The Chosen, it's on The Messengers, actually. And, and, and as I watched that, and I, you begin to think, you know, how Mary was and how, how Joseph was, and, and, and you begin to think how God allowed that to be in such a way that they, they would come in a world, it was hidden to them. The world, they didn't see it. They, you know, and, and it was just the way, that's the nature of God. I think it's in Proverbs somewhere. It says, God hides himself or he conceals himself, but he says, the glory of kings is to search these things out. And I, I say, if there's something burning in your heart, you want to search it out. Are you with me this morning? We won't keep you, we won't keep you really long, but I, I just want to bring this a little bit because there's an appearing, there's a revealing, there's something that was covered up, but God is desiring to make it known, and he's trying to make it known to us who are a part of the program. So I, I'm just going to jump back now to Genesis for a minute. So God appeared to Abraham, and he appeared to Abraham, and he gives him a promise, and Abraham begins to walk in that promise, and he's been promised a son. He's been promised a seed. And he's been promised a seed. And Abraham says, okay, Lord, I trust in you. And I'm going to start walking. And, and, he, and God continually appears to him. And he says, look in the heavens. Look at all those stars. That will be your seed. Look on the, on the dust of the earth. That will be your seed. And the promise only got more real as Abraham walked in the promise. So as he walked in the promise, and you know, along the way, the years and waiting, and, and it seemed like nothing was happening, and, and, and Sarah got nervous, and she's old. They never could have children, and they had issues, and Abraham's getting older. But, you know, now it just seems like the promise is not coming into view. It, had, it just seemed to have slipped away. Friends, you might look and you might think, I, I, you know, like no doubt Abraham may have looked and said, I, I'm past age. My shelf life is gone down, downhill. And he looked at Sarah and he might say, you know, you're not, you're not too far off either. You're 10 years younger, but your shelf life isn't there either. 
But you know, that's the natural looking. But the, the promise, the seed that was planted in, that could never be taken away. Friends, you might look at it and say, I don't understand everything that's going on, but there's a seed, and I'll say this, God has confidence in that seed. No matter how much you're tossed, no matter how much you're to and fro, God is looking at the seed that is in you. And I say that with that seed, there is something that you cannot deny what God has done. Mary, she could not deny what had happened, that an angel had visited her. But I'm just looking here for a moment as Abraham and Sarah. So in, in seed is not air with the shock, Brother Bannon would say, you know, to, to look at the promise of God, he said, here Satan was watching, and, 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 he, and he sees God promising Abraham a seed, and he remembers the Garden of Eden. So what happens here is Satan there to try to disrupt that program. And as Satan watches that, he's looking. So maybe he began to anoint Sarah. And he says, Sarah, you're too old. You're never going to make this. And Brother Ram said, and seed's not air with the shuck. Now look at, look at how it was. Here's the seed of promise, but it starts slightly doubted. So he caused Sarah to point to Hagar, and Abraham listened to the church, which was Sarah, and he took Hagar, and he had a seed. But it wasn't the promised seed. It was Ishmael. It was after man. So it was not the one that was to come. Now, despite that, it didn't change God's mind about using Sarah for a natural seed. So it says here, it starts low. God promised Abraham through Sarah to have this child. Now watch, the first seed of Abraham by the bondswoman came by Sarah, doubting that it could happen because she was old and past the age of bearing. That's how the church starts. You, you don't always start from the top, you start from the bottom. So it was a promise of God being manifest through a slightly doubted, interrupted program of God. We sometimes take the message and when we say, oh, the message, it's the capstone, it's the final thing. There's, there's no more issues, there's nothing. And yet we find ourselves stumbling. We find issues come up. We find that this happens and this happens. But it doesn't change God's mind. His seed word will come to pass. So here it comes and now it seems like so many years. Now remember, Satan's there. He knows, he sees, okay, Ishmael came, but now it comes, you know, God appears to Abraham in different forms, but one day he appears in the form of a king, in the form of a man named Melchizedek, Elohim, the self-existing one, the one that had life, and he starts by serving him communion. And then it was years had gone and years had gone, now 25 years, he'd waited, he'd waited, he'd waited, he'd waited. I, I, I don't know if you can just begin to put yourself in this picture. Maybe there's things you've waited for, I've waited for, but it doesn't change it. And God at a certain time, here is, here is Abraham and Sarah in one place he says, here is Abraham under a tree, everything going wrong. And yet he still believed God. And at that time, three men appeared to him. And he sees these men coming, and they came, and for the first time, Genesis chapter 18, the first words out of their mouth were not, how you doing, Abraham? 
No, the first word said, where is Sarah, thy wife? Pointing directly to the womb that would bring forth the son. So it was not pointing to Hagar. It was not pointing to Ishmael. And, and yet Abraham in his flesh, oh, that Ishmael may live before you. But God said, no, I got a greater promise. And that promise was through Sarah. And even though Sarah doubted, so now here at the time of visitation, here, here it comes, and you know what, and here's Satan anointing. He's, he's always trying to destroy that seed. He's always trying to disrupt, to interrupt. Brother Bannon would talk in the meetings. He's saying, you know, just at the time God calls a prayer line, something happens and something happens here. And he, and he would say, shh, stay still. God's doing something. That's just the devil. Or he sees two, he says, it's looking. That demon that's on that person is calling to that one over there. They're trying to make contact. Why? They know they're about to be cast out. Listen, that God is still on the scene today. And he knew that Sarah, that was God's visitation for Abraham and Sarah. And under that visitation, there would, there would be an enemy that would come. And then the prophet would tell us, and Sarah was kind of cranky that morning. And Sarah just didn't feel too, too up to it. And, and, and you know, but that didn't change the program of God. I'm, I'm bringing this as just as a type a little bit, friends. Now just think about the, the, the awaiting, that long waiting period that Abraham went through. Think about what, what Hannah went through. Think about all the others that were promised. Now think about Israel. They had been promised a son. They'd been promised a deliverer. Different promises that were there. Let's just turn to a scripture or two if we can. Go with me to Hosea chapter 11. All of these scriptures started coming into place. Hosea chapter 11, if we can just pick this up in verse 1. Hosea 11 verse 1 it says, now, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. Now, remember, a precursor to Jesus' time was Moses in his time. So here's Moses. Here he killed a man. He, he runs. He, or rather, no, Moses. Here's Moses in Egypt. But he's saying he had to call his son. The scripture has dual meanings. So Jesus went into Egypt to escape Herod years later. But it was a persecution. It was the enemy after the seed of God. And the enemy doesn't know the seed of God. He didn't know. It's, he thought, could it be that, that what Abraham and Sarah, could it be under Moses? Could it be? He, didn't, he was guessing when Jesus came. He, could it be? Friends, he's still guessing today. He watches you. He watches me. He doesn't know who has that seed. But I'll tell you what, this is our confidence. I know in whom I have believed. I know who I'm walking with. I know what's in my heart. I also know about my flesh. And it doesn't always live up to what I expect it to be. But I also say, I know what's inside is real. I don't know if you've ever... Known the story, I think Brother Ron Spencer first shared it. The sister just had it last week, but it talked about Da Vinci. Da Vinci was the one who painted the, the Last Supper. And it, it probably took him, I don't know how many years. They say it was a period of, whatever, 12 to 15 years that it took him to paint that. 
But when he painted that, he began to look for actors or people that could be a representation of the Last Supper. He looked for Christ, and, and he went through the streets uh, in Italy there, and he looked for the one that was Christ, and as he began to look at him, and he found the one that portrayed Christ, and he said, will you pose so I can paint you? It took him a few days, I think three days, and he posed, and he took it, and slowly he began to take the other disciples, and, and he began to find one that looked like John, and one that looked like Peter, and, and he had them pose, and he, and he painted that Last Supper, all except for the twelfth. And the twelfth was Judas, and he couldn't find somebody. And he began to look through the streets. I think it was in Milan or where Rome or wherever he was. I think it was in Rome. And he began to walk the streets looking for the one that would picture or be the image of Judas. And it said, 11 years passed. And one day he met a man. And the man, he began to look at him. He said, that's the one. And he asked, could you pose for me? And he began to pose and he began to portray Judas. And he's painting, now 11 years have passed. And the man began weeping in front of Da Vinci. I think it was Da Vinci. I hope I'm right on this. Anyway, he began weeping and he says, why are you weeping? He says, I've already posed for you many, many years ago. You did? Yeah. What, what, what were you? He says, you asked me to portray Jesus Christ. The same man. 11 years later. I don't know what happened in his life. I don't know what characteristics had changed. But friends, in our flesh, there is nothing good. You can dress nice. You can, you can wear the right clothes. You can do all those things. But I'll tell you, it's Christ inside. And I say, if we allow ourselves, you know, I, I thank God for predestination. And I thank God that there's an anchor in the soul. But I also know that if we let ourselves go, if we don't think the right things, if we don't talk the right things, if we don't allow those things, it can cause us to change. So you say, I have a hard time praying. You know what you need to do is just get into a channel. If, if, you're, if much of your time is con, con, consumed by, by entertainments, Whatever it may be, social media, sports, or, or movies, or whatever it is, it's going to be hard to, to do it. I, Brother Jared, he just, but he stepped out. I, I, we talked sometimes, Brother Jared's in, in the flying and aviation industry, and I talked about these clips they have about plane crashes. And you know, you start watching about three or four and what caused them, and what, it's interesting sometimes. But don't do that just before you've got to fly somewhere. Because like you're going to go with a lot of fear on that plane. <laughs> and so then you, know, you watch other things. You watch car crashes. And then you, you watch these things. And you watch these things. And you watch these things. And the next thing you know, you're, you're driving out. And, and you're sliding. And you're seeing yourself in one of those crashes. But if you're focused on God. And you're focused on, I am with you wherever you go. I'll be with you. I'll do this. When you see yourself sliding, it changes your outlook. You're saying, you promised you'll be with me. You'll protect me. So the atmosphere that you live in, the womb that you create, is what you will come to. I am so grateful. You know, the greatest thing that we have, Brother Branham, in the message, how can you overcome? The greatest sin of the day is worldliness is we allow things in. You know, you can have the presence of God that would be there, would be so close, and you just, you know, maybe you allow a little joke. You know, what do they call this? TikTok. 
thing. I, 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 they're like these short video clips. And I, I remember just looking at a couple of them and I realized you click on one and they'll, they'll give you another one just like it. And it'll be about a joke. And then it's about a joke and it's about a prank. And, and then it's about a prank and it's about this. And before you know it, it's, it's, it's not even edifying whatsoever. And it's like escalating to one level, one level. And you know what? Somewhere you're leaving Christ behind. Oh, Brother Ed, but it was nothing harmless. There was nothing wrong. The Spirit of Christ is gentle. And I'm saying we need to cultivate that walk. What did Mary do? How did she act? How does the bride in this day act? And what what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to disrupt it. He knows if the church gets the true revelation of the two spirits. And you say, well, there's some people in the church that are a Judas and some that are... No, it can happen right in you. Judas can rise up in your flesh. Now, I believe if there's a seed, you will not do do what he did. Now, listen, this is... This is, everybody's getting down. This is, where's the joy, Brother Ed? Where's the wonderful? And We'll get to that. Just hang on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just trying to bring this a little bit. So here's the scripture in Hosea. And, and, and I'll just think about this scripture's lying there. There's all this waiting. Out of Bethlehem I've called, you know, the wise men or all this, the religious scholars. They say, well, Nazareth is where they said. But they said, but Bethlehem, they couldn't figure it out. But at that time... There was a Herod that rose up and began to have a taxation right at the time that Mary was receiving a visitation. And it was God putting the pieces together. I'll say this, the pieces are coming together. There has to be a certain president. There has to be a certain pope. There has to be a certain people. There has to be a certain thing, even within the framework of the message. But God's putting it together. And I say this, in the midst of it, there is still a Mary who has received a visitation to whom the Lord has appeared to. Now, also in Micah chapter 5, just pick this up real quick. Micah chapter 5. This is the one I was actually referring to a minute ago. But thou, Bethlehem, verse 2, Ephra, thou shalt be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been of old from everlasting. God, that word was there, oh, this has got to be fulfilled. The zeal of the Lord of hosts is going to do it. I know what I'll do. I'll just raise up Herod. You know what? I'll cause him to be a little bit greedy, that he wants more taxes, and he'll cause everybody to go back and make sure he's collected everything. And we get upset because of our leaders in this day. Who's in control? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Let's go over to Isaiah chapter 7. Look at these scriptures that were laying there regarding the birth of Jesus Regarding his first coming, look at the scriptures that pertain to us. Isaiah chapter 7. If we just pick this up, let's, let's, start reading. let's start reading in verse 13. And he said, Hear ye now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? Will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive 
and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted means God with us. And butter and honey shall he eat that he may know how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that thou abhorrest shall be forsaken of both her kings. Now just there's so many prophecies that had to come together, even at his birth, but even more so at his death. But God watches over his word. So here is a, a scripture in Isaiah. Here's a scripture in, in Hosea. Here's a scripture in, 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 in Micah. Here's a scripture. God's bringing them all together. God knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly how to bring forth these things. Jump over to Luke chapter 21. We're just talking about the glorious appearing. So now just think about all the weight and all the time. You know, the Bible would say a woman that travaileth in pain, you know, she's going through birth pain, she's going through things. It, it's, not, it's not, listen, I, I'll never do justice to saying how it should be other than the fact that I watched my wife. And, and I'll say this, but once the child is born, then you forget those things. You, 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 have, you may have to bear through it a bit, but I'll tell you what, there's a joy that happens when you actually see that life in front of you. Let's go, let's just read here. Luke, Luke chapter, no, sorry. I'm sorry. Let's read Matthew chapter one. Sorry, Ethan, I missed that one. Matthew chapter one. Matthew one, verse 18. You know, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, this was such a thing to Joseph. You know, he's, if you listen to him under Mary's belief, Brother Ram's talking, Mary's trying to explain, I met an angel, this has happened and this has happened. And he said he was trying to believe her. And she was looking at him with those eyes. Listen, just say amen a little bit. It'll help me. I, I, listen, if, if you had a late night last night, just the, the quicker you do it, the quicker we'll be out, and the quicker you can go and do what you were doing last night again, which I know you're going to do anyway. <laughs> we all are. So here he says, now think about this. Joseph, he's not being a just man, not willing to make her a public example. He was going to put her away. And while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared, appeared again. So what was he? He was thinking, he was trying to get this to happen, but the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Brother Ram says a dream was a secondary way of doing it. Now, this was for the promised son. He appears to Joseph in a dream. And he says, saying, if you do this, he says, don't fear to take unto you Mary, your wife. That which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And here's the, here, here he says this. And she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken to the Lord by the prophet. And it goes back to, to sharing Isaiah chapter 7, verse 24. And Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. 
If you could take it in today's days and, and you break it down into our lives and because, you know, because the message had come and there was a fulfillment that a people had to be it and because in the city of Edmonton there had to be a certain person. I, I go back right to my very lineage and Brother Michael is my cousin. He's there. We, we, we take our roots back to the same grandmother. And, I, and we were just sitting at the table talking last night with Sister Lydia uh, and, 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 and my mother. We were talking at the table. Both of them were the eldest in their families. Both were, were women. And both made the journey from war-torn areas in, 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 in Russia, in Ukraine, in Germany. And they made the trip all the way over to this land. I, there, there was so much more discussion going on, I, I can't talk about it, but it's, could you imagine, it's, it's, it's not quite the same equivalent, but of, of taking a trip up to Russia, I mean up to Mars, it's a one-way trip. You're not coming back, there's no return tickets, but people are signing up for it everywhere. That's, that was almost the equivalent back then. You're going to Canada, you're going to go to this place, and there's freedom there, and you're going to take this journey. Well, what was not accounted for when she did that, when my mom did that, is the offspring that would come, those children that would come, that they'd have to be in a place where my grandmother would be in Edmonton for meetings where Brother Branham was, that God was going to see to it, and beyond that, he was going to see to it that I could be a part of that inheritance, and my my children would be a part of that inheritance. If we can see God's protection over the seed of promise. Now that's my story, but what's your story? Why did God allow you to meet a certain person? Why did God take you and bring you that way? Because God had a promise. Oh my, my, you know what? God had a seed inside of you. That seed inside of you. I look at the people I've met along the way. The believers at different times, different se seasons. I was down. I was low. God sends me somebody. I was this. I was that. I needed instruction. God sent me somebody. God's watching over his program. God gave us a pastor. Brother Martin, he gave us Brother Harold. And we were influenced. We were all influenced. But God did that. That was, that was God doing those things. He's still God today. He's still watching over his program today. He, 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 as much as he watched over the lineage of Judah, he also watched for this certain gal to come at a certain time. He watched over her. Now, I want you to just take a step with me, and I'm, I'll just go quickly. I'm verbalizing. I'm not really reading quotes or notes, but I want you to think for a moment. Now an angel appears. And now associated, if you, if you actually take, attached to an appearing is a promise of life. But not everybody receives the promise of life. In, in, in Matthew 13, it talks about four types of seeds. Or it talks about the good seed, but four types of conditions that it falls into. Some hear it, but they forget it right away. The pure word of life. But they leave it behind. Some receive it and then they've got thorns and all kinds of things. They squelch out the effect of it. Others it falls into stony ground. They don't water it. They don't bring it to fruition. Friends, I'm, con I'm concerned that Laodicea has crept into the message. 
the fervency, friends, that we've had sometimes, the, the early days when we loved the Word of God and, and, we, and it meant everything to us. Now we, it's, it just occupies a little spot in our day and then we have something else to get to. Oh, let it overtake you. Let it take root in you. Let it take it. But there's one more category. Some fell into good ground. And when it fell into good ground, it multiplied. It brought forth. I want to be part of that. I don't want to get over there and say, oh, I already have enough time that I've wasted, enough regrets about you got involved in that, it, it took too much time away, and you could have been doing something else. Let's be about the Father's business. He's doing something. He's watching over it. There's generations that are growing up around us. And there are generations, there are children, there are, there are youth that are growing up if I, can, if I can say one thing, and maybe this gets into a New Year's thought, but I can say, whatever you do, get the absolute. Well, I'm part of the church. I'll, I'll give you the words of Brother Branham. I'm glad God got a hold of me before the church got a hold of me. Does it mean you shouldn't come to this church? No. I mean you need to come. But, oh, God, get a hold of him. I'll tell you what, when God gets a hold, there's an absolute, there's a seed that can go through all kinds of things, but it will always come back to the real thing. Get a hold of that. Oh, you know, it may be there. It may be lingering. The devil may be doing much to obscure it. But I say, oh, peel back the layers. Peel back the layers that, that have obscured it. There was an appearing to Mary, but there also had to be a cultivating. There was a revealing, and then there actually had to be a coming. Something came in her. Listen, sometimes you mention these words and everybody freezes up on you. But you know, if you take, take the word coming, and there's different, there's different places in the, in, in the Bible, and it talks about coming, and, and, and it talks about and, and the Greek word is perusia, so don't all just, just freeze on me. But the, the presence, the coming, the arrival, the advent of a future visible return of Jesus from heaven to set up formally and gloriously the kingdom of God. That's the meaning of that name. It's under Matthew 24. Are you in his presence at his coming? Are, are, you know, in the presence of the coming of the, so the, the, the coming is the, is the word presence, but I, he says, are you in the coming of the Son of Man? That, that means you're in his presence. There's something that makes it real. I, I, I just was, I went for a walk yesterday morning and I just listened to the message and, and I think Brother Simon and Sister Pramila, maybe you spurred me to it, but it was, sirs, we would see Jesus. And I listened to it and it was preached on December 24th, 1961. And I listened to Brother Branham just preaching and he's saying, there's a hunger in the heart. And he said, a real servant of God doesn't try to take that place, but he tries to bring you into the presence of God. That's what we ought to do for our children. That's what we ought to do for one another because it's God. We need the activation of that life. We need that life to appear to us. That life is what came to Mary and it took root in her. She received it and said, and, and, and in order to do that, there has to be a dying out. 
It's not, I, I lift myself up, I'll be more religious. No, it's actually a death. I can't go no farther. That's where Abraham came to. That's where Sarah came to. They died out. I can't do nothing until your life comes into me. That's what Mary said. I, I don't know how these things will be. The angel visits her. You can, you can read the account and, 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 and you can talk about it. But he says, how will these things be? It's really interesting to me. Zacharias, who was there in the temple, and an angel appears to him and says, you're going to have a son. His name is John. And, and, this, and this is going to happen. And Zacharias, he, he, he looks up at the angel and says, how will these things be? And the angel rebukes him and said, because you've doubted, you won't speak until the day that he, he arrives. And that was, it's a few chapters over. Here's Mary. The angel comes to her and said, how will these things be? Same answer. And she says, and, and, but the difference is you can have a question, but you can have a questioning spirit, an unbelieving spirit. <laughs> but you can also have a question. I don't know how this is going to work, but I believe it. There's something burning in my heart. There's something that's real. I don't know what you're preaching, Brother Ed, but it's, I don't know what I heard on that tape the other day, but I know it's real. And that's more real than the things of this world. It's more real than what I see in the world around us. That thing is what I need. That thing is what we all need. We need an injection of his life. You, it starts an appearing. There's a warming. You come into the right channel. You come into the place. Mary had to come into it. But at a certain time, an angel came to her. And when the angel came to her and appeared unto her, there was something that happened. And it says, this was the coming, the arrival, the advent. Now, it, it enters into a completely different cycle. Here we are. Just, we're, we, we've got just a, just a few more minutes. Give me, give me a few more. I want you to think about this, starting with Abraham and Sarah. When they received the visitation... And, and the, there's three men, and, and two of them, they went down to Sodom. But here, when Abraham received that visitation, and it wasn't just Abraham, it was Sarah. And Sarah laughed in the tent. Did you know what they named their son? Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Laughter. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Laughter, joy, happiness. It's what they waited for. But she laughed in a doubted way. So, but from that time says, I will return to you again. Now there was no formal visitation, but it was a visitation that created something inside of them. And, 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 and so, they, they, listen, they asked Brother Branham this question, I think it was in 1964, if I can just find it quickly, because I don't have my, my, my full tablet, but they asked him in 1964, and, 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 and they would say to him about the appearing of, oh my goodness, and I'm looking here, it's, just give me a moment, I'll get it, I just feel like I need to bring this in right now, but he, he, would, he would talk, oh my I, I was able to copy them, but they're here. Explain the mystery of the translation of the bride. And he says, now, friend, he says, Abraham was looking for a promised son. 
That was promised him. The church is looking for a promised son. The bride is looking for a promised son. Before the promised son could come to Sarah and Abraham, their bodies had to be changed. She was too old to have a baby. She could have no milk veins. Her breast was dried up. The womb wasn't fertile. She was sterile. Her heart was too old to stand labor. So what did God do? He had to change them. There had to be a visitation before they could receive the promised son. So something had to change. And so what is it? Mary received something. Sarah received something. We cannot receive the promised son in these bodies we live in. These bodies are sin. And then he talks about the flesh part, the, the, the mind part. It's not this outside see, taste, feel, smell. He said, potentially, it's in here. What is it? It's the word promised before the foundation of the world. He says, listen. The translation of the bride will be the same thing. The word that's in you, the body will materialize around that word. The same thing it did by Sarah. I don't know. I don't think Hollywood could ever pick up on this. It's a mystery that's hidden to them. Scholars haven't picked up on it. How is it that Sarah went from that visitation, too old, doubting, to now Abraham coming before the king of Gerir, and, or is it, I think it was either Egypt or Gerir, but he comes to him and, he, and the king desires Sarah for a wife. What was happening? There was something happening. And even though they were moving in the flesh realm out of the promise, the covenant now could never leave them. The covenant was in them. The life of that promised son was in them. It had not come to fruition, but it was in them. And so now all of God's attention was around that life. And even though a pharaoh or a king of Gerir rose up and, and was ready to take her, and Abraham even lied about her, but God plagued all of Egypt, all of that kingdom, because the life was in there. Friends, when, when Mary came and the life was in her, it didn't matter about taxation. It didn't matter about anything else. The life was in there. The wheels were set in motion. And I'll put it in Brother Branham's terms. He says in the message, Christ the mystery of God revealed. He says other seeds will try to come in, but they cannot. The womb is closed. It's already received a seed. If you receive the seed word of the, of the word in this day, it closes up other things. That doesn't mean they might not enter in your mind. Somebody will say, well, what about this? And they'll bring doubt. They'll do this. Well, I'll tell you what. Now you're governed by something greater inside. And it, it responds within you. It responds around you. And even when you'd make the wrong step, God's watching over that. Oh, why wouldn't you? You, you, know, you, you have to, I don't have time to do it today, but you look at the la language of Brother Branham. He says, there's a word called espoused. And then he uses a word called pregnated. And, and you've you got to be careful you don't mix them up. But there's an espoused lady but she's also pregnated with the life of Christ. What is it? We've received his headship. We've received his life. 
and, and, and at a certain time, just like it was with Sarah, just like it was with Mary, uh, that life began to manifest. And here's Mary, and she's meeting her cousin Elizabeth, and, and she's meeting Elizabeth, and she greets her, and, 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 and as soon as she greets Elizabeth, who had John the Baptist in her womb for six months, and it was dead, as soon as she mentioned the name of Jesus, that life leapt. Friends, what was it? He was there before John the Baptist. That life was there. That life was in David. That life was in Judah. That life was there all along. The devil always after it. So just because he's after us, the life is here. That's not a sign that it, we're, we're, we're in a cycle that cannot be stopped. If, if we could begin to see that the, 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 the life that is in the bride right now, listen, there's a world council building up to come against the bride. There's an image to the beast. There's nations. There's laws that are being passed. All of these things, and, and, and the prophet would go from 1963 to 64, feast the trumpets, and he says, it will be an ecumenical move, this persecution. It has to combine with religious powers. So, well, I, I'm scared. I won't, I'll, just, I'll just hide in the corner. No, this life cannot be stopped. This which we have received is the part of the coming kingdom. When, 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 when they did it, listen, the cycle that was there, listen, I'm just paraphrasing. I'm, I'm just not even going to take my notes because I'm going to get you out, but I think you're listening good. So that life that was in Mary, just think about it. Now she's being forced to go to Bethlehem right at the eve of her pregnancy, and she's going there, and there's not even room there's a little manger, super sign, Jehovah lying in a manger. Super sign, God again on earth today. This is the same God, the same type. His nature never changes. They're there. And, and while she's there, she's giving birth. And at the same time, listen, I'll, I'll just read this last scripture. Go with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we'll just pick this up. Verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, here, here is, I, if you could picture all these different realms. Here, if I, if I could draw a picture, here's, here's the government moving against them. It looked grievous. But here in an angelic realm, here's a star that had been in, in the constellation all those years. It's becoming and it's coming right together. Three stars coming together. And in a far country, there's, there's people. There's also shepherds because shepherds are there for, for, for lambs that are born. So all of these things are coming together. And it's all centered around here. But here's the last thing. And there was in verse 8, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock. And here's angelic beings in the heavens. And they appear to these, the angel, it says verse 9, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone 
shone round about him, and they were afraid. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, for I bring you tidings of great doom. The message is not doom. The message is joy. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if I remember the message, but Brother Branham says, Oh, we should be so happy. Friends, if you could see it. He says, Just think. And, and in the church age book, he says, the, the, the gates are up there. The streets are already paved. It's all waiting for a bride. Think about it. This earth is crumbling. It's falling apart. Oh, the joy that is just before us. What a glorious message. It's all right to sing. It's all right to shout. It's all right to laugh. In fact, we have every reason to sing. Every reason to shout. I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day in, this, in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Oh, look what it took to bring that forth. And so Titus says, he has appeared. You know, he has, he has appeared in, in these last days. It says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. But then he also says, looking for that blessed hope. The glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What appearing is that? Behold, I send you, Elijah the prophet. Why? Just as John the Baptist had to come, so this one had to come. Listen, it took the revealing of the Son of Man to bring forth a marriage. And I'll tell you, there's something inside of us that the devil would love to get, but God has reserved it for us. I don't know if it's, if it's inside of you, but it's inside of me. And sometimes it feels like, oh, it's dormant. It doesn't feel, but it's there. So in this quotation, Brother Brandon would say, the translation of the bride, the word that's in you, the body will materialize around that word. The same thing it did by Sarah. Sarah and Abraham on their journey. And here, maybe... They get up in the morning. Sarah says, can you get me a glass of water or something? He just bounced up. He didn't prop himself. And uh, uh. So, wow, he's got a little more spring in his step today. Oh, could you imagine what it's going to be like? Friends, like, there's actually going to be an appearing of those that have gone on. They're there. They're another dimension. The Holy Ghost that Brother Brandon preached, that love of God, that's what's in us now. I, I want to dwell in that realm. I want to be in that realm. Listen, at, at a birth, there's a waiting room. There's a waiting room. There's, I would say there's two waiting rooms that are here on earth today. Which waiting room are you in? The waiting room of the world that's about to receive judgment or the waiting room that's about to receive the promised son which he promised we'll, we'll see him to them that love his appearing. Oh, I, I want to be in that channel. I want to be in that place. Let's have the musicians come. This is just keeping us in the thought and in the channel 
What happened all through history is leading up to this moment. What happened at Christmas back then is a reflection of right now. I, 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 don't, I, I would love to have been there, but I, I am actually happier to be here right now. How many are happy to be under the banner of this message? Okay, how about the rest of you? Happy to be in church? Well, that's good. Let's, let's, let's thank God for that. Let's stand together. <laughs> I feel like singing a song or two. And What's the one? Uh, Gladly may we herald the message of his blessed appearing. If we can do that. What is the name of the song? Actually? Um, message of his coming. There it is. There okay. Is. We're looking for his coming in the clouds of heaven, coming back to earth to catch away his own. Then may we all be ready when the midnight cry is given, praying with Christ on his throne. Oh, gladly may herald the message of his hearing soon he's coming in glory tell to one and all then awake ye saints of the lord why slumber when the end is nearing but get ready for 